0: News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Hour number three. But truth be told, it's kind of a continuation from hour number 2 704 570 704-570-1110-1800-WBT-1110. I was going over this story from the Washington Times. I heard it yesterday on Brett Winterbull's show. And I said earlier, it has been a long time since the story made me mad. I mean, like, Prompted a, a like an emotional reaction, you know, um, like of of anger, and this was it. Um, I mean, I I like I laugh at. I, I find I don't want to say humor, but I parody and I I I commit satire against these ridiculous positions and arguments that I hear all the time in politics and in current events and such. I it, like that's. Maybe it's a defense mechanism or something, gallows humor. I don't know. But I don't get angry at, uh, at news stories, right, and issues. I try to approach them from a logical perspective. This was one of these stories, though. Yesterday as I'm driving, I'm driving in the car, I'm just getting madder and madder, just listening to these details. That people, that people who have good credit scores, that work to get good credit scores, that save up money for a down payment on a house, they are going to be charged more money by their lenders, thanks to not a congressional law sign or a bill signed into law by the president. No, no, but by a rule, by some administrative bureaucrat at the you know, at the behest of, you know, King Joe, that now all of this is going to change. That now we're going to start hacking fees on it. By the way, it's not going to stop at this $40 a month. Why would it? Once implemented, this never goes away. These, these government programs, they never end. They never, they never cut the subsidies, right? So this $40 a month that somebody on a, with a $400,000 home with good credit, a rating over 680, a credit score of over 680, you're going to be charged $40 a month more to subsidize somebody who has a lower credit score so they can buy the same house, right? So they can buy a house even though they're a riskier uh, uh, person to lend money to. They're a higher risk. You're going to pay for that risk, not the mortgage company, you. Oh, and guess what? If the mortgage company does do too many risky loans, guess who gets to pay for them to get bailed out too? Yeah, that would be you as well. So this is a tax on mi- on the middle class. People who are struggling to own their first home, this is a tax on them. It is so outrageous, and I don't like I'm I, I'm I, I like I'm at this point where, like, what else could you possibly conjure up in this administration, at this point? i mean, between I have this in the stack here also. The trucking industry. Is sounding alarms after Biden's latest green move. Yeah, the trucking industry. I was sent a, a copy of their uh, the DOT. Um, yeah, their 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 green plan. This is like if you're trying to destroy us, would you do anything different? <laughs> The new fees will only apply to Americans buying houses or refinancing after May 1. So, unless you could turn a refi around in about nine days, not sure you're going to be able to... I mean, if you can get your house purchased, you can get all the stuff done by, you know, close the business, April 30, good for you. Try. Otherwise, you're going to get nailed with a $40 per month fee on your home for the life of your loan. Think about that. You're paying for the you're paying $500 a year over the course of the life of the loan. So if you take a 30-year loan at $500, what would that be? 500 a year times 30. Like 15k? You're fronting 15 or you're you're subsidizing $15,000 towards somebody else's home that's fifteen thousand dollars that you don't get to spend on you know a medical emergency there are bills that come up for you and your family that's fifteen thousand fifty dollars uh, a 40 a month rather uh, that you won't get to spend you can't put away for your child's education right you can't put that away for the price of gasoline when Joe Biden you know drains the strategic petroleum reserve right these are the things that you can't do these are vacations you can't take. Right? These are opportunities that you miss out on, you can't invest in, for whatever reasons, whatever they may be. Right, These are the lost opportunities over the course of your 30-year loan because you don't have your money. Under the new mortgage financing rules, according to uh, the Washington Times, homebuyers with riskier credit ratings and lower down payments will qualify for better mortgage rates, and discounted fees. Why would you play by the rules? If these are the new rules, why would you play by the old ones? Why would you seek to have a better? Why would you go? Why would you try to be above 680? Are, and then that leads to the next question. Is that what they want? Is that the real purpose here? To try to get people not to have good credit so they can't buy stuff, so they become dependent, so they can't own their own home? So we're going to dress it up as some sort like this is now I'm down like the conspiracy theory rabbit hole here because this is such a stupid, a galactically stupid idea. Federal Housing Finance Agency director Sandra Thompson, a Biden appointee, said the fee changes will, quote, increase pricing support for purchase borrowers limited by income or by wealth. The agency calls the overall fee changes minimal, so it's just the cost of a Chick-fil-A sandwich and a cup of slaw, to quote the late Parks Helms. And this is actually, she says, going to ensure market stability. You think so? Hmm. After a storm of criticism, the agency delayed to August 1st an upfront fee for debt-to-income ratios of 40% or more. That ratio is calculated by dividing the homebuyer's monthly debt payments by the gross income, right? So if you've got, like what, you make, uh, let's say you make $50,000 a year, but you have $25,000 debt payments for your car, for whatever, like debt to income, would that be 50%, right? It's one of the key measures lenders use to determine whether a mortgage applicant qualifies for a loan. Ms. Thompson said that the postponement will help ensure a level playing field for all the lenders to have sufficient time to deploy the fee. The fee changes are intended to subsidize higher-risk borrowers by imposing an intentional disruption to traditional risk-based pricing, said Mr. Stevens. That's David Stevens, the former head of the Mortgage Bankers Association, who served as commissioner of the Federal Housing Administration during the Obama administration. Why was this done? He asks. The answer is simple it was to try to narrow the gap in access to credit, especially for minority home buyers who have lower down payments and lower credit scores. The gap in home ownership opportunity is real. America is facing a severe shortage of affordable home sales. Uh, or homes for sales combined with excessive demand causing an imbalance. But convoluting pricing and credit is not the way to solve this problem. Now, too late. Horse is already out of the barn. This is happening. It's never going to go away. I can't see it ever going away. And you don't think that this is going to have an impact on the market? This is, you think, according to what's her name? Uh, Sandra Thompson. Federal Housing Finance Agency director. This is going to stabilize things. This is going to stabilize the market. Absolutely stunning. Just the level of of dumbassery involved here in this decision. Just stunning. Um, let me see. The Hellion says in a tweet, or sorry, in a message, says, "I think the destruction of the middle class is largely DC's goal." The latest mortgage thing just steams me. I mean, mad as hell. Chip Roy, Byron Donald, and a few others are the only fighters I see, really. Um, I had a frat bro that worked at one of these high-interest loan businesses. He would move money from accounts where people would pay on time to accounts he knew would drag behind on payments, and he got fired for it. Interesting. Um, Russ says... Uh, this mortgage stuff has me pretty fired up, too. Like you, I came out of college with almost as much credit card debt as college debt. I lived like a monk for almost five years to pay it down. My first mortgage was almost 8% when rates were averaging closer to 4 We scrimped and hustled to pay that down, too, until we could refi at market rates. I have zero sympathy for those who won't do the same. I have counseled a few folks on how to get out of debt and how to buy a home they can afford to start building up. Some listened and are doing fine. Others did not, and they still whine about how the system is against them. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely infuriating. All right. Now, given the state of affairs in our country and the world, are you asking yourself whether you're prepared for an emergency? I actually get asked this a lot. My answer, start at Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies, the full line of Augustin Farms and Mountain House Foods, books, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, camping and hiking supplies. Being prepared is just smart. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing or somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. In Waynesville and online at carolinareadiness.com. Get tickets to the Heritage Life Skills event also. Make a day trip to the mountains and return home fully prepared. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? All right, let me go over here and get David on. He's been hanging on the line. David, welcome to the show. What's going on? Hey, bud. Hey. Uh, Just was thinking that the Democratic Party is the party of the class and you know they protect the middle class want to do things for us so now they're going to attack middle class which makes us lower they're going to make the lower class better which makes us all lower middle class and then those that don't have to take out a loan for their million dollar home just get richer this is why I call the Democrats the Elysium Party. There's a movie called Elysium, and it talks. It, it, it sets up this society where you've got the really, really rich and everybody else is dirt poor. In other words, communism. And, um, I mean, it was done as an attack on capitalism, ironically enough, but it, it, it is actually, like, the product of communism where you end up with the party elites and then everybody else is equal and, and equal in their poverty. And that's what the democratic party has become right they are uh th- they are increasingly reliant on the 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 elites the the really wealthy right and that's what drives a lot of the grievances by the way right these people who think that they are part of that elite class but they actually don't have the money to be in that elite class and so they virtue signal through their uh various channels in which they you know operate but they they virtue signal their they're, look, I'm on the same team as you. I, like, I, I agree with all the same ideas. Like, we're on the same team, and I hate those rich Republicans, too. But they're never going to be actually part of that elite strata. So, yeah, you have the—and then you have the, the very poor. The middle class is, you know, is getting shafted here. And, I, like, I, I'm curious if anybody inside Congress is going to be able to block this thing from from actually happening. The the other thing, if I can say— one more thing is if people would quit trying to keep up with the joneses and mm-hmm. just be themselves wouldn't that be great sure yeah i mean and this trying is somebody you're not right yeah living within your means right and th- but that that is wrapped up in the idea that you have a good credit score right people who have good credit Correct. scores generally have learned that lesson or Okay, yes, your parents are really rich Democrats and you're a trustafarian. Then you may have a great credit score as well. But people who come from a middle-class background, right, they have learned to live within their means, to live by a budget. I have, my wife has, and it's difficult. It was way more difficult when we were younger starting out, Um, but once you get into the routine— and you live within your means and you know what stuff costs and you have a budget and you reconcile that. And after a couple of years doing that, it's, it it becomes second nature. And you know, Oh, I can't afford that right now. Just automatically. I know that's out of our price range, but if you want to save up money for the, for that purchase, then you can do so. Um, But yeah, that that delayed gratification is not something that our society teaches uh, or uh, inculcates anymore. David, I appreciate the call. It's, 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 I mean, it's so frustrating because, like, at the same time, we're we're telling kids in North Carolina, we just did the fiscal literacy thing, right? The financial literacy uh, requirement for uh, high schoolers, right? And now you're going to turn around and incentivize this. The exact opposite. Speaking of uh, incentives, it's all fun and games with the electric vehicles, right? Until there's no more toilet paper. Now who's laughing? Mm-hmm. Or medicine? Or food? What am I talking about? I'm talking about the Environmental Protection Agency and the uh, U.S. Department of Transportation and their latest, greatest green ideas. More on that in a minute. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Got some breaking news. Top North Carolina Republicans say that they have reached a consensus position to ban abortion after about 12 weeks with exceptions for rape, incest, fetal abnormalities, and to protect the mother's life. That's all the details I have seen keep you posted. Uh, That's from the State uh, General Assembly. All right, so Mike Landry, it's a story posted at IJR.com, Independent Journal Review, says it's all fun and games with these goofy electric vehicles until the next thing you know there's no more toilet paper or medicine or food. In its ongoing effort to destroy just about everything, the Biden administration is now cracking down on the trucking industry. And let that sink in for a moment. In new emission standards, the Environmental Protection Agency is not only targeting internal combustion automobiles, but it's also going after trucks. And just about everything that arrives at your home and business comes from a truck. Yeah, So what could go wrong? Todd Spencer is the president of the Owner-Operator Independent Drivers Association. He says the EPA regulations significantly increase the costs of operations and equipment and often compromise truck reliability. If your battery goes down in the middle of a windstorm or a snowstorm, a flood or a hurricane, there are no simple solutions there, and there may not be any remedies available at all. So... He says we have to make certain things that, like that, uh, we have to make certain that things like that don't happen, that they can't happen, right? I mean, if you have a truck, and I have I have been a part of several of these types of efforts in the course of my radio career, where some tragedy occurs, whether it's man-made or Gaia Earth-made, oh, I kid the environmentalists, um, well, I should say that's not even that's like the Church of Climatology people, that are like Gaia Earth. I mean, because I'm an environmentalist, but I'm not. I'm not a member of the Church of Climatology, right? Or, or climate change. So the anyway, point here is that um, let's say you, you got a a disaster, and communities rally to help those affected, and uh, like. I have done before, you know, you collect a whole bunch of supplies. You tell listeners like, here's what we need. You know, you got blankets and uh, baby products and uh, potable water, uh, not portable water, but yes, it has to be portable, but potable water. Uh, but so you give them a list of things, toiletries and that sort of stuff. And you collect all the stuff and then you stuff them into a truck. And then you, and then you drive that truck. I mean, by, by you, I mean, somebody other than me, somebody else drives that truck down into the zone, right? The, the, uh, The blast zone, the zone of destruction or whatever, wherever the hurricane landed, the impact zone. You go down there and you help people and you unload the truck, you deliver the supplies. Okay, so you're delivering these supplies in the wake of a disaster. And as you get into the area, because it's pretty far away, there's no power. How do you charge your truck? And then how do you get it out of there? So how do you charge this truck? I mean, if you're bringing emergency supplies, people need this stuff by definition. They need it and they need it now. I mean, you're talking life or death, are you not? He goes on to say delayed delivery could even put a small company out of business. A lot of trucking companies themselves are small businesses. Seventy percent of goods travel by truck. Another frustration is that the new EPA rules are mandates. If you're talking about something that actually really does deliver benefits for all around, you don't have to mandate it. People will gravitate to it. Right? They'll go after it. Exactly. Right? If it's, if it's of benefit, people will want to do it. The only reason you have to force people to do something is if they don't want to do it. Which, by the way, I had somebody actually try to argue. I had that some kid in college, some, some law school kid. Getting ready to graduate, who t- tries to make the argument to me that uh, it, these are market forces? When the government, when the government uh, incentivizes you to buy something, then that's a market force. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stick to the law, kid. <laughs> um, so, the the Biden administration DOT is also trying to create a framework. Of certified supply chains. What does this mean? Well, they want to set goals to be carbon neutral across all modes and nodes. Effectively forcing companies to comply slowly and, you know, quote unquote, altruistically. So, I was sent this, this report, is it's very long. And I don't understand everything that's in it. So I asked this person who is in the industry, import export customs industry. I said, what is your analysis? What is your take? I cannot divulge who the person is. And I apologize for that, but uh, this is just anonymous, but they said, but like, you could trust me. Like, I don't know what this is about. (laughs) Like, I don't, (laughs) this is beyond my area of expertise, which is just basically, uh, to, uh, off to Boomer Von Cannon. Um, Companies that have been virtue signaling for a while now, right, and they do it for all different reasons, and like this person says, after 9-11, it was under the the banner of patriotism, right? Well, then they started slowly stating that they were only uh, using reduced carbon emission vehicles, companies like UPS, Home Depot, right? But back then, it was more of a choice, and companies could continue to use smaller companies that didn't adhere to these types of policies. Now, companies are falling in line with the ESG compliance, while the feds are laying the foundation for this whole certified supply chain thing. If you look at the UFLPA, or as I like to call it, the UFLPA, this is the the Uyghur Forced Labor Protection Act, which mandates that we force Uyghurs to perform indentured servitude. I'm kidding. No, it no. It, this was a bipartisan act. And it forces U.S. Customs Border Patrol to stop all imports of products that are presumed to be produced from source materials from the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region, a.k.a. the X-U-A-R. I, I, I don't even know how I would say that. X-O-R? All right, so think about this. Customs Border Patrol is supposed, to, is supposed to stop any import of a product that is presumed to have any kind of source materials that came from the Uyghur-controlled areas. This region, the Uyghur region. The Uyghur region. CPB is targeting polysilicon, cotton, tomatoes, and silica, okay? At the onset, this sounds like a good thing, right? I mean, we've known for a while that the commies have been detaining Uyghurs, treating them horribly, along with the Tibetans and the Kazas and the Buddhists and the Christians, right, put them into the re-education camps. Once they graduate, these detainees are then sent throughout the country to work in factories as cheap labor. This act that Congress did attempts to force the commies to stop doing this. But the implementation means that U.S. importers have to, have to look very, very deeply into the supply chain and prove to customs that the raw materials that they are getting are not coming from this region or they're not coming from companies that use forced labor. Some countries that use forced labor and many other products. There's an example. Frankie's pasta sauce, let's call it, imports tomato sauce from Italy. The Italian company lists the country of origin as made in Italy because the sauce is made in Italy. However, under the Uffepa, now Frankie's pasta sauce, the company that makes it, Frankie's Inc., right? They got to prove that the Italian company did not buy the raw tomatoes from the Uyghur region or from any other Chinese company that uses forced labor. And this becomes a very difficult thing to prove, especially if you're using like intermediate products. consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful Downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. News Talk 1110993 WBT. Next, um the US Department of Transportation. They're building a framework for what's called a certified supply chain And it is every bit as stupid as you might think it sounds. Um, Yeah, it's like basically ESG for supply (laughs) chains. What could go wrong? Um, And so this individual who first alerted me to this report sent me the copy of it. I tried to read through it, but it's technical. It's beyond my understanding. And so I said, can you tell me, like in layman's terms, like what is the deal with this? And so this person who works in the industry has been breaking it down and offers up this example of Frankie's pasta sauce made in Italy. And so they say, hey, we're made in Italy. Okay, but Customs and Border Patrol has to say, okay, but what about your ingredients? Did every tomato that you got, did that come from a certified place? So you're you're now having to certify every ingredient you make. What about intermediate products? Now, if you're a small company and you, you're doing sort of the... Uh, The final part of a manufacturing process, and you're getting your intermediate materials from someone else, you now have to find and certify them, right? you got to make sure that they're certified. So every single layer of the supply chain has to undergo these certifications. And there's this thing called the UFLPA, the Uyghur Forced Labor Protection Act, right? And that's sort of the model. So companies are digging deep into the supply chains to see if there is any risk whatsoever that anyone in the supply chain at any level may have used or purchased any kind of material from a forced labor that's in their networks. You know where I think we all ran afoul of this was um, by dealing with China in the first place. My God, like we did not do this with the Soviet Union. (laughs) We did not do this with the with the Soviets. We opened up China like this, and it has caused all of these problems. <laughs> now like so we're we're running through this level of certification simply because we what we, we didn't think commies were gonna commie? Gosh. Since early 2022, Customs and Border Patrol has stopped more than five hundred million dollars worth of merchandise. Since last year, five hundred million Half a billion dollars of merchandise has been stopped by CPB, and that is just under the UFLPA. That's just under that one act on the Uyghurs thing. Imagine if every single level is getting certified for every single region, every everything, right? They're expanding the product list now. They're going to start covering auto parts, aluminum, pharmaceuticals. Companies are already beginning to ask other companies for letters Stating that their products are not made with forced labor. It's like the ESG stuff all over again. It's like the smear across the doorway. The trade industry is asking for published lists of offenders. So companies can decide whether or not they should do business with them. And now against all of this, this certified supply chain infrastructure. Now layer on the E from the ESG the environmental if the system is set up to have supply chain have a supply chain free of forced labor they could very easily just add the e scores too why not why would not why wouldn't the dot document or why, why wouldn't the dot do just that he says uh, because that's what the document is laying out it is the, it is an esg overlay But the original infrastructure is built on the UFLPA and this certified supply chain structure. A lot of economic nonsense and virtue signaling statements, but it seems like it's a path towards defining who can buy and sell from whom. So now that's on your radar, too. I know I'm just the bringer of glad tidings today. Um. Couple of messages. Tom says, uh, "Pete, this uh, this Biden uh, deal with the uh, home, uh, the 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 good credit home buyers subsidizing the riskier ones is just going to hurt all of us the same as the Community Reinvestment Act. The responsible suffer for the irresponsible." Um, Michael says, uh, "You know what they say? Incentive is a hell of a temptation." <laughs> Mandy says she's listening to me talk about this, about the mortgage penalties for people with good credit. It has given me an eye twitch and a strong desire to tank my credit. <laughs> yes. I know the feeling. Few stories of late have angered me so. All right, stick around. Brett Winterbull is up next. Maybe he's doing my show prep for me tomorrow as well, for tomorrow. Oh, I kid. Stick around. Brett Winterble is up next. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.